0: Great stuff! Great stuff! And very, very appropriate for day today. Today we are talking about John the Baptist. Yeah. Now imagine with me for a moment, if John the Baptist were around today, okay? What would he be like? You know, he was a very strange guy back in his day. You know, certainly would be a very strange guy today. So something like, hey, there's a strange guy down by the river. You know, and he wants to dunk people in the water. Now, who's going to go down and see him? I would guess that the people that would want to go down and see him probably would be people who, uh, you know, would be wearing dark uniforms and, had, you know, flashing lights on top of their cars. Those would be the people that would want to go down and see him. Yet, here he was, in his way, attracting all kinds of people from all over the place. Out there in the wilderness. camel hair, bug-breath and all. Why? Why did so many people go out the to see down the mattress? Well, I think, I think because of a couple of reasons. First, was John's passion. He (laughs) was—he had passion. He was infectious. He was charismatic. He believed in what he was talking about, and people needed that. People needed something to believe in, which leads to the second reason why they went out there in the wilderness to see him. They were attracted to what John was talking about. They needed something bigger than themselves to. Really, become bigger than the selfish attitudes that they encountered back in Jerusalem. They needed something. They needed the kingdom of God. So when John came shouting, "Repent!" Yes, that's what it was. "Repent!" For the kingdom of God is near. They repented, and as the sign of that repentance, they were baptized. Now, those of you who were here last week and remember what we talked about after lunch. Does this maybe sound just a little bit like the Ephesians that we talked about last week? I mean, after all, they were out there in the wilderness. John was out there in the wilderness. They were baptizing. John was baptizing. They were uh, looking forward to of the Messiah. They were looking forward to becoming the kingdom of God. All these things that John was looking forward to. Is it possible was impossible that John was missing? so Well, Scripture tells us that John didn't just suddenly mature out there in the wilderness. But there was context, context to what he was doing. And in this series that we are in right now, we are talking about context. We're talking about the context of, of, of these steps that lead up to that death of Jesus and the Christ. And with that, what we're able to do, I think, and hopefully able to do, is grow ourselves in faith. As we saw in our theme video earlier, all these people of faith who have gone before us, and following in those footsteps and being able to grow in faith that by the time we reach Holy Week, by the time we reach Good Friday and Easter, we are people that really trying to Jesus. I mean, that's the goal. So here we look at the context of John the Baptist. We can see that when we first encounter John the Baptist before he was born, and an angel appears to his father and it tells him who is. Somebody that quickly says, was getting along in years or advanced in years, he and his wife, or beyond child in years, and yet the angel tells him, hey, you're going to have a child. John, father was uh, doubting this, so he was quite dumb. But he's also told that name the child John. You ever wonder why John? You know, why in the world, of all the names in the universe that this child could have named why was the angel so insisting that this child could named him? Well, when John was finally born, and they were going to name him, and, and his father still could not speak, his father signaled that they would come and he would write down what the name should be. They wrote down and the child's name is John. And his John. Well, John means this. name John means this. And it's, it's really your honey, and in there you hear the, the, the word Yahweh. Yahweh is gracious. For God is gracious. So the very birth of this child is a sign of God's grace to his parents. But it's even more than that. From his birth onward, what happens is that John really has his entire life pointing to the graciousness of God pointing to the graciousness of God which is going to be revealed in Jesus. His entire life is going to be pointing to Jesus. You now, uh, his father, in addition to that, was somebody that uh, was called a righteous priest. You know, this angel came to a righteous priest. And for us today, we can go right by him and say, oh, great, you know, he's a righteous priest. You know, but in reality, in those days, it would have been a hey, you know, righteous priest. I like it would be, be like throwing, you know, a campfire building boycott you know, or something like that. You know, but wouldn't all priests be righteous? Well, we, we remember from last week that really the start of the esteeming movement was really the, the righteous priests who were responding Reaction to the corruption in the Jewish religious establishment back in Jerusalem so for they formed this community out in the desert that learned that giving us what we know as a good priest And here we have a righteous like priest. Now even if you look at this, where we can, you know, assume that our pastors, for example, are uh, faithful, people who are followers of Jesus. You know, if this woman learned that that was not true, was back when I was in high school, and I was uh, coming to know the Lord, and the many youths were going to get together, and the many youths were going to go out and make kind of with a pretty difficult thing. I said, hey, this is there. i get to get to know uh, this new uh, pastor from the Southern Church, of and I talked to him, took his name a little bit at the Bible and things like that. So I sat next to him on the bus as we went there, and I realized pretty quickly that even though this guy was a pastor, he was not a believer in Jesus. He was not a Christian. And I said, wow, Michael went back to Jesus. Well, you know, there's some pastors who are, you know, righteous pastors, you know, they're not faithful pastors, and likewise here, but could it be that when you're naming him as a righteous priest that we're talking about this, affiliation in a way, with we assume? However, uh, this series is, is based, as uh, we talked about last week, and I study it's done by William Angelo, and i got Greg Anderson to also keep doing a Sunday school class going on in the right, you know, right here. and uh, Ray right says, you know, even though all these things are there, and it looks like there's some association with, with the assume that um, in reality, John about this is not a assume. And, and that's because of this one and I agree with a moment, and that's because of this one that the assume would retreat from the question of society. what John proposed, what he wanted people to do was to reform society. They would come out, they'd be baptized, they would repent, they would turn around, and then they'd back. about. would say, okay, go back, you know, and uh, live differently. Repent. Do things differently. And then with God, you know, there can be a change in society. So, probably not an change, but but it's possible that he grew up among them. It says this in Luke 1 verse earlier. It says, the child, John, grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the desert until so he appeared publicly to Israel. And who lived in the desert? He was seen. But they did. What was the common tactic among the things was that they would uh, have children that would be, uh, would be given to them, loaned back to them, whatever, like a school. where so they would live among them they'd be raised among them and they'd be raised, you know, values and to constantly follow after God. Very possible that John was raised in that way before he went Israel. But now in the public ministry, he is not a man. So if not, if he's not in the scene of the point, he is now the master. Well, Matthew said again, in Matthew chapter 3, he said this. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet as well. This is his own is. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepared a way for the Lord, and still fair for him. John was considered to be the fulfillment of prophecy, but specifically he was considered to be the fulfillment of the prophet prophet Malachi. So he said that he yeah, will send you the prophet, Elijah, before that great and dreadful day of the Lord came. He will send the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else they will come and strike the land with a curse. Now John and the gospel letter we just heard, they're asking him about this. they saying, Who are you? Are you Elijah? And he says, no. I'm going. Do I need to, wear my name tag You know, so you can see who I am. Who I'm going, you know. But really, what what John seems to be saying is this, is that what yes, he's saying, you know, he didn't all of a sudden become Elijah, but he's after the type of Elijah. He's after the form of Elijah. So, if you want to know what John was like, what his personality was like, what his passions were like, what his values were all about, what his life was all about, what he was trying to do in life, what he lived for in life, just look at Elijah. And you're going to see that. You're going to see his Johnny life. Now, when, when, we, when we do that, when we touch up with Elijah, what we can see is this. Um, we can see that, that he had certain events in his life i are going to match that with something. We can see, for example, now John, a uh, lot of us you know that John is uh, drinking the Jordan River, right? In fact, right here I've got this bottle of water. Which, when I keep this in my uh, office, and when I'm really thirsty, I've got to remind myself that no, this is not drinking water. What this is is water from the Jordan River. When well, my wife and I were in Israel, and we went to the spot in the Jordan River where John was said to have which is one of those uh, places called Bethany, being in the Jordan, which is at, uh, where the water flows from the Sea of Galilee into the Jordan River. And there, a lot of people would go, and they would go into the water of the Jordan, and they would be um, baptized, or so you know, some, something like that. And uh, here, and you know, I got a bottle of the Jordan River water. And that looks pretty clean here. That's what it worth really clean. You know, there, It didn't look for a thing there. I said, no, there's nothing really down there. Um, but, you know, so we were in the building here, we got this bottle of water that brought brought back with me. And that would be one place where John was said in the Bible to a baptized. But there's two other places where John was said to have baptized as well in the Bible. And the first would be this place where we can see itself on the Jordan River, about halfway down between the Sea of Galilee and the Red Sea, there's a place there that's on the of that Jonah is said to have gotten There are those places in the name, the Sea of was really called. And then the third place would be at the end of the Jordan River, which would be just before it goes into the Red Sea, uh, down not too far from Jericho. And the other side of the Jordan River, where Jonah was also said to have gotten out. Now, why those three places? You know, when you, when you read the Bible, oftentimes everything can just kind of blow by them, That's a lot of the details of Scripture. They don't really ask the questions that are meant to be asked. Because details in Scripture are rarely just simply words to say you know, it clearly. And they're really important. It's kind of And here, if you look at these details of the places that are named with Baptized. Here, and match them up with the one who is his in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah. What we can see is that these three places were three places in the life of Elijah that were very significant for him. So John, by baptizing in these three places, was identifying himself with the prophet Elijah and telling us, if you want to see what really is important, look at the prophet Elijah. And we're going to see what's We're going to see what John is all about. So if we go there, if we go to the Old Testament book of 15 and look at the prophet Elijah to see what John was all about, we can see this. That so Elijah, first of all, appears seemingly out of nowhere. And he goes to the king of Israel, to Ahaz, who is leading the people of Israel astray by having them worship false gods. And he says to them, hey, there's going to be a God in the land. And there was a God in the land. It was significant because it began a slowdown between God, Yahweh, and the false god Baal, who was a storm god, the one who would bring rain. And what he's saying is that no, it's not Baal who brings rain; it's Yahweh, it's the Lord who brings rain. So there was this God in the land, so it's supposed to be that the Lord needed to provide for Elijah, keep Elijah alive. So he said, said go to this particular place, which turned out to be Mount of the mountain of God." where Elijah was fed by ravens, and he got his water from the stream that would flow into the Jordan River. So the very first place was where that side. Well, Elijah, you know, to bring this showdown to its dramatic conclusion, came away from that place and wound up at uh, a mountain uh, that was on the east, excuse me, west, Of the door, and there is this great mountain who challenged the prophet of Balaam and Asura to a door. It's just him, this is known, passionate prophet who had so much passion he could match 850 prophets of Balaam and Asura. And and the challenge is this okay, two authors, prophets of Balaam and Asura, 850 of them. You know, the sacrifice man out there. We've got the people who've lived right away as the audience watching this thing. Mm-hmm. And whichever uh, God rains down fire from heaven to burn up the sacrifice and the respect of all those men, that's truly why it can be that. Yeah, that's how it can you know, it's And it's pretty going around here. So, 850 prophets have been on the scale. John can learn, coming and forth. You know, i things. exhausting themselves. Nothing happened. Until finally Elijah puts out his altar over here to the Lord with a sacrifice on top of it. And he tells people, oh, I mean, this is the goodness. And he looks like a sacrifice. This is, this is the goodness. Fire through with water so they pour water out. More water, more water, more water. Until so finally the sun's all around and the is filled with water. The thing is breaking up. And out of heaven comes this bolt of fire and, and consumes the sacrifice and altar. The altar itself is incinerated. All the water is vaporized. Everything was I mean, you know, a dramatic, passionate moment. Elijah was a passionate guy. Mm-hmm. People this Israel responded by, you know, bearing their face in the ground and saying, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Because so this is what he was all about. Since about pointing people back to the Lord so they would repent from going the wrong direction and follow the Lord instead. I mean, what is that? He had a he was little upset. These were office over here. And for he the He got a little bit upset, but he's in his life. And he became very he out into the desert, the wilderness, where he eventually went over to the place you where know, he wanted to get from God. And if you're a passionate you know, then a kind of voice might you think about of a passionate A a loud one, you know, fire, thunder, and the wind, oh, yeah, you know, a tornado, hurricane, there's things like that, but now. The thing is, is that wanted to really speak to him, and a way to speak to a passionate gram if I said would be in a voice that is really hard for someone to have to listen to. To slow down enough to be able to hear it. I and mean, you now this may be a relationship because the voice was a so small voice in God, But I'm going to be wrong that and am not back to the Lord, but also sending them out to the second place, where John the his God came out, which was in line, near the and for down to Jordan River, where he called a livestock to come and be his followers, to send him in the pocket business. So we did that in the second place was Anabaptist Baptized. Finally, the third place was Anabaptist Baptized was down there by the end of the Jordan River by the Dead Sea. And uh, by the way, two of these three places were then baptized, the places that were on the other side of the Jordan River from the population in this world. People had to cross the Jordan to be able to get there. They were like, I don't ever really want to get there. And the third place was where Elijah was going to be caught up in the whirlwind. room. And before he did that, he passed on his mantle, which is kind of like this one here, passed on his mantle to Elijah for so that he would now be the prophet in his place. And that was the same place where John eventually baptized. Well, with each one of these things, you know, why would John baptized there? Because he was with Elijah. He was in. He was constantly cleaning for his entire life. All the things about his life were clean to this one thing. To the grace of God that is found in Jesus Christ. Until said one day, when he would be tested, one disciples came to John and he said, John, teacher, master, you know that that guy, Jesus, he and his disciples are more popular than we are. Sure, so, I'd want to be okay when I read Because he must become, become greater, because I'll become less. Can you do that? Can you say that? But he must become greater, because I must become less in my home, in my work, in my family, in my friends." That's the way of going about it. a way that led, ultimately, to a place some of us who want to go, and it's their prison, and it was his fortress that was even beyond that day twice with John Babcock, out there in the desert, beyond the Dead Sea. John was is all about what people were coming from their sins, and there was an elephant in the room, and he was following these people who were coming from their sins out there in the wilderness, because the King of the land, who was here at Antipas, had committed this very public sin. He had been married to this woman who was the daughter of a neighboring king, which people would do in those days, which kings would do in those days, to be able to establish alliances among kingdoms. And he then met the wife. They had this, met the wife of his brother, and he said, "Whoa, heba heba!" And he was geez, really he them. So he convinced her to go out and divorce her husband, while he divorced his wife, and the two of them got together. Well, the king of that land was not exactly too happy with the same that Herod Antipas had found it as well, so he rallied his troops and he came into uh, Judea and he attacked the forces of Herod Antipas and completely destroyed them, so much so that Josephus, who was a historian uh, for the Romans, wrote later on about John the Baptist. And he said that when Herod's forces were destroyed, people really believed that that was retribution, God's action for the things that poor Antipas had done to God. Because of this accusation, public accusation that John was making against him, Herod had John arrested and thrown into his was prison and ultimately executed him. But before that happened, James and Syracuse came to him again and James sent him and asked Jesus, and he said to them, go to Jesus, and I'm sitting there in this prison, okay. go to Jesus, Answer this question, are you the one, you the one to come? Are you the one who is to come? Are you the one one, or are we to await for another? It sounds like a very strange question for somebody to ask who has devoted their entire life to point to this world. But here is the man, alone, man, the man, 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 man. Looking for God to ask, just like Elijah did in, in, in the wilderness, looking for God to ask in the fire and the wind and everything else, like and nothing was happening. And sometimes you can be looking for God to and you can see that God's like, not nothing happening, nothing's happening. What is he doing to the poor man of God? In this case, the disciples of John went off to uh, Jesus, and they asked him a question, and Jesus was coming by saying, said tell what you're here what you here One, oh, this is the land. The breath, the bread, The blessed fear, the better, ways, the good news is the to the poor. Blessed is an enemy, does not far away, and I found him. That's one, which is the Messiah. This is the coming one. But then, John, I just to wonder why am I in prison? Do the same. Remember, John, God is gracious. are in that situation. You're wondering, where is God? Why don't we have? Why don't we have? Why don't we have? the world. We, why, why do we have God you know, doing these good things? Remember. And and that's the him that that takes my for And a his power, in the midst of a world that is amazing but is power in And you see that power, and as one in entire life. it is in power a of and I challenge you to live a life with the passion of one about it the of God, that. That's of divine. the of everything in you, as it was to that would point to the grace of God, the kind as you. That's where